soon as it hit the water, I just went, buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> Afraid of the dark and spiders under my bed. I got some trust issues, and I hate to say it, but I'm a real hot head. Is there anything else that I could conclude? My mom and dad to blame for my bad attitude in one ear and out my head. I never heard it when my parents said, Do as I say, not as I do. And now I'm messed up because I learned it from you. Do as I say, not as I do. And now I'm messed up because I learned it from you. Yeah. No, don't touch that! That's, I know it smells funny. It's just my medicine. Just close close the drawer. Hello. Uh, here we are. Episode six of I Learned It From You. And we've got a good one today. Someone who I think is just genuinely one of the funniest stand-up comedians I have seen. Uh, you may have seen her on The Late Show with uh, Stephen Colbert. She's got a wonderful podcast out there. Uh, it's Caitlin Palufo. And she is just... God, she is intense on stage. And, like, she'll look right in the crowd's eyes. She's an individual, and she makes you feel it. It's a really, it's really an experience. And, um, she's never, she's never mean to the crowd, but, uh, she, she makes you feel like you don't want to disappoint her. And that is, uh, it's an interesting, it's something that works, it resonates with this podcast because when you have parents or when you have children, the last thing you want to do is disappoint, uh, any of them because that could lead to being disciplined or having been disciplined, uh, or having to give the discipline. It's never an easy situation. What I'm trying to get at today is, uh, for today's little confessional, I just want to talk about my dad. Uh, and when I was growing up, my dad, very, very creative man and very very creative in his ways of disciplining i mean it wasn't just he i'm gonna give you a spanking uh go find a switch there was never physical abuse it was it was mental trickery it was you were always on your on your i had to be on your toes you know because you didn't know what he was going to come up with because my dad was a product of the the 60s and the 70s the man loved his marijuana the man loved when he passed away i got a mason jar full of marijuana and i know i honored him by smoking it i can't remember exactly what i remembered under the influence but i know that my dad loved his pot and honestly I'm a pretty big fan myself. Uh, my dad would smoke when I was growing up, and I never knew it until I was about 18. But, man, when I got in trouble, like I said, it wasn't spankings. It wasn't ground needs. It was my dad just getting ripped, like ripped up and uh, and letting his, his imagination run wild, you know, Uh Sometime in elementary school, maybe it was early middle school, I learned about the Eighth Amendment, which forbade any cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, and honestly, some of my dad, I don't know if I describe them as cruel or unusual. No, they were definitely unusual, as you are going to find out, because you didn't have this happen to you. Like one time, I remember, um, I have a little brother, Andy, um, I'm going to talk about, actually, he's going to be on an upcoming episode, the 10th episode, uh, which is going to be a really, really fun one because he is honestly one of the most entertaining people that I know. Uh, but anyway, we're only 13 months apart and we could not be more different. And honestly, growing up, he pissed me off. He pissed me off a lot. All right. 
So as the older brother, one time I was maybe seven and he was six ish, maybe just on the, on the, on the low side of six, just turned it, had his birthday. And, uh, he had, he'd upset me about something. I don't remember what it was, but I remember how I retaliated and I, uh, went up during his bath time. He was in the bathtub being bathed, playing with his little toys. And I went up there with a, uh, a, a television remote control and uh, because I was cognizant of the potential for electrocution, I removed the 9-volt battery from said remote control, and I just dropped it in the tub with him. And it went, hit the, uh, hit the water, and as soon as it hit the water, I just went, buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I made him think, as a little 6-year-old, that I was going to electrocute him. Obviously, he didn't get electrocuted. He's still with us today. But I had to pay the price because he started screaming. He was terrified. He thought he was going to freaking die. And uh, my dad, I don't know if had he... Had he already toked up or what? But my mom came in and consoled my little brother. And dad took on the disciplining duties. And I remember specifically... He walked me into his bedroom very, very calmly, and he sat me on this chair that they had. And he goes, you know, why did you do that to your brother? Why do you understand what could have happened? Blah, blah, blah. And he gave me, you know, he gave me the rundown of why I did what I did was wrong. And I go, yeah, he goes, so what's going to happen? You've heard an eye for an eye. You scared him with that, and now you're going to understand why that's something that you can't do. And he gave, he reached into his pocket and pulled out the 9-volt battery. He pulled the very battery that I removed from the remote control. I probably should have hit it. I, I'm sure I just left it on the counter or something. But he removed it from his pocket. And he handed it to me. And he goes, you're going to lick this. You're going to lick this live battery. And I go, what? Like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And he goes, yes, you are. Because you are not going to do that to your brother again. It's not funny to joke about electrocuting a member of your family. Lick the battery. So, I was seven. My father was a very physically imposing man at that young age in my life. And I pressed the end of that 9-volt battery to my tongue. And I will never, ever forget the taste of it. I mean, it was just iron. Like, like the bloodiest bloody lip flowing through my entire body I could I didn't have any I didn't have any fillings in my teeth at that time but it felt as if I did just chopped down on some tin foil I mean it surged through my body not enough to like hurt me but definitely a, a, a memory, a core memory, something that I haven't forgot. I licked that battery and you'd think that just the, the tingle on the tongue is all that would have happened. But my hair used to be flat. It used to be straight and lay flat. And now I have this mane that is ringlet curly and so puffy. And I honestly think my dad electrocuted my hair into looking like this. Uh, you know, hindsight being what it is, 2020, I'm very, very fortunate that he did it because my hair is the only thing. I may have said this before. I don't know, but I get so many compliments on this hair and had my dad not, I mean, honestly, rightfully so electrocuted me. Um, uh, he, 
I, I wouldn't get the compliments. I wouldn't have the sense of confidence that I do in my hair because God knows I am insecure on so many other things. But then when I'm feeling down, I just I just look in the mirror and I toss my hair a little bit and I feel better. And I never really realized until this moment, right now, recording this confessional for the sixth episode of I Learned It From You, he did me he did me a very great service. Uh so so thank you for that dad, but I do remember that's just that's just one of many times that my dad got just ripped up and very creative with his punishments. And every time he did that, I know I already told you about the bike, never forgot that. Also never left my bike out again. My dad made me lick this 9-volt battery. Never did that again. He was very very good at teaching you lessons you would never forget. Uh, so I try to do that in my parenting. Um, I, I, that, that's a story for another confessional and Lord knows I have so many more to tell you about my dad, but that is enough of that. I know why you're here and you want to listen to the back and forth between myself and, uh, and my guest today. And I will remind you one more time, but before I do that, couple live stand updates coming up and if you want to check me out i would highly encourage it uh this upcoming weekend october 1st 2nd and 3rd of the year 2021 i'm gonna be at the comedy bar in chicago i was supposed to be in comedy on state uh, uh in madison the 28th through the 30th that fell through really bummed hoping to get back there sometime sooner than later uh but then after that november 12th and 13th i will be at the laughing tap in milwaukee wisconsin cannot wait to get out there and then on the 19th and 20th of november i am going to be at planet of the tapes in louisville kentucky and then the following weekend the friday and saturday after thanksgiving november 26 and 27 i am going to be at one night stands in waterford michigan so come out see a show i hope you've been enjoying the podcast please let me know and as always follow me on all the social medias instagram uh tiktok at zach.martina z-a-c-h dot m-a-r-t-i-n-a enough of that nonsense my guest today is super duper exciting youtube her set from late night with stephen colbert listen to her podcast good time kale which i was fortunate enough to be on a previous episode uh very recently and just and just google her look at her stand-up she is some of the funniest stuff I have seen, actually, she's coming out to Dr. Grin's uh, pretty soon here. I mentioned it in the episode. I believe it's early October. But if you're in the Grand Rapids area, go see Caitlin Palufo at Dr. Grin's and tell her how much you loved her episode of I Learned It From You. But without further ado, here she is. Let's find out why Caitlin Palufo is the way she is. Caitlin, hey there. Hi there. This is, I think, our sixth episode, and I've really been enjoying it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Six in a row. Feels good. Yeah. Oh, just kind of getting them in the bank, getting them out there, you know, mm-hmm. feels feels great. Um, I did your podcast yesterday, Good Time Gal, mm-hmm. and I got to say, this gal had a great time. Ah, uh, ah, so did this gal. What a cool such a, such a fun one, and I learned a little bit about your upbringing, and yes. uh, I want to. And I was like, "This worked out perfect," because I mm-hmm. want to dive into that a little bit more. We get to get into it today. Yes, uh, perfect. <laughs> so you said you have 
two siblings, a older yes. sister who is eight years older. She is five years younger. And then a younger sister who is eight years younger, eight years younger, five years older. Yeah. Gotcha. So I was curious with that situation. Um, did you, like, I know you had, you were old enough to know that a baby was coming. They're like, Caitlin, uh, we're having a baby. Yeah. And you were old enough to like decide whether or not you were excited about that or a little apprehensive about that. And I want to see which, uh, which way you, you went. I went excited because my older sister uh, seemed annoyed. Uh, so I did the opposite of whatever my older sister was. And then I found out it was a girl and I got bummed out because I wanted a little brother. Um, but it, I, it really didn't matter because we were all tomboys. So, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I would say excited. And then the baby came and I was bummed. Like it was all, it was, a, it was a mix. Um, but uh, actually one of my stories uh, comes from <laughs> my little sister being born. Um, well, let's just dive into that. Then. I mean, let's just dive into it. I it's very my mom hates this story, but it is true. And it did happen to me. So, Which, my mom, by the way, I just got to call back your mom. You, you referred to her yesterday as Big Wheezy. <laughs> Mama Wheezy. Yeah. Mama Wheezy. Mama yeah. Wheezy. And she also you got to go back. Listen, I believe it's episode number 75 of Good Time Gal, where I learned that Caitlin's mom will order a margarita with tequila on the side. On the side. On the side, so she can pour it in and control how much she has. And then she always ends up pouring the whole thing in and she just gets hammered off of one <laughs> shot of tequila mixed into a margarita. God bless her. Oh, that's I love my, my favorite thing. Well, I can't wait to hear this story. I can't wait to hear why Mama Wheezy doesn't like it. I'm 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 amped uh, up and I'm buckled in. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, visiting my family tomorrow, so I just have to brace myself that this will be brought up. Um, <laughs> she's very supportive. She listens to every single podcast I've ever done. But uh, I know that she hates this story. Uh, one time I was doing this live and she uh, wrote in, was like, stop telling this story. <laughs> so, um, but I, I mean, it's a truth anyway. Uh, <laughs> so my mom is a big old feminist, right? And right, uh, right when, when I was like five or six, right before she got pregnant with my sister, she changed her name back to Anderson, her maiden name. So okay. she went full feminist manifesto. I don't need no man except the one I'm married to, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you, I will not bear his name. Uh, she even goes by Ms. no longer. Yeah. Ms. M.S. Anderson, Ms. Anderson. And it's a whole thing. Um, That's got a real like speaking just with the Matrix coming back out and the agent being Miss. He just keeps saying Mr. Anderson. That's yeah. that's what I get the vibe of, of Miss Anderson. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't think my mom's ever seen the Matrix, um, but she's well, like, no one needs to know if I'm married. And so that's <laughs> that's um, it's no one's business. I love my mother. Um <laughs> She has two sides to her. It's the it's no one's business. And oh, gosh, did you get everything you needed? Caitlin, don't curse. You know, it's like it's very Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, whatever the fuck it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I think all of all three of her daughters have inherited that to an extent. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So my mom is pregnant and uh, she's going through her feminist phase. It's not really a phase. She's still very much feminist. But um and so um, the she, there, we're in the delivery room. All through, all of us are in the delivery room. And then they kick us out because there are some complications with the birth. Everything Wait, worked out fine. Before complicated, like you were eight years old in the delivery eight. room? Yes, yes. I was eight. 
my mom wanted us in there to see the miracle of life. Uh, so yeah, we were in the delivery room and my mom was fully waiting for us to was your <laughs> older sister there for your birth. No, no, Sarah was, I don't believe so. I actually never asked. Um, I don't think so. Cause Sarah would have only been five. Um, but Do you uh, remember what it was like in there. Cause like, Oh yeah. 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 My dad would, my dad would refused to go into the delivery room when I was born. As a matter of fact, uh, the story that he would tell all the time is in the waiting room, he just pushed together a bunch of chairs and couches, like rearranged the entire waiting room and basically decorated an apartment while my mom was having a C-section. <laughs> so the fact that your whole family was in there, it's just oh, yeah. such a disconnect from what I'd ever known. Oh yeah. Whole family's in there. Dad stayed in there. My grandma took me and my sister out of the room and we waited outside. My grandma had a video camera. She was ready to just get underneath the sheet and just, it was, yeah, that's my family. Um, home, yeah. home movies, home movies of my mom's hoo-ha. Uh, if my grandma had anything to do with it. Um, so they kick us out and then everything turns out fine. Uh, no complications. Jessica comes out Great. perfectly normal and healthy. And, uh, and so we all come back into the waiting room and I'm eight years old. I'm so excited. I'm going back and forth between seeing my mom is okay. And then seeing if the baby's okay. And then my mom and then the baby and ah, it was all exciting. And the last time I come back, I'm standing at the foot of my mother's bed and the nurse just has her hands underneath the blanket. And I look up, I see the hands and I'm like, I wonder what she's doing in there. Oh my goodness. And then I look up at my dad and my dad is like, get away from there. <laughs> you know, like, what do you get, get, get away from there. And then I was, so I go to move up away from the foot of my mom's bed. And my mom, <laughs> my mom says, no, you stay there. You watch this. This is a part of being a woman. <laughs> Sounds like a real lead by example lady. Like you yeah. will learn. And so I just stand there and I look at my dad and my dad is like, well, we broke this one. Oh, God, <laughs> like this one is going to be screwed up. And I just look and they pull out my mother's placenta and all the afterbirth and they plop it in a tray right in front of me. <laughs> and she's and then she goes back in and gets more and comes in and then she puts her head under to look and see. <laughs> And I'm just there like, oh, my God, what just came out of my mom? And it's like this huge, purpley, bloody mass. And I'm just like, oh. go. And then this is part of being a woman. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to have kids. I don't think I'm going to have children. That, oh, my so God. First of all, you seem to have a very, very vivid memory of it. I have so oh, many yeah. questions. They're coming into my brain way too fast. I don't know that I'm going to be able to grasp them all. Um, so you remember what it looks like. I have to imagine like your senses were overloaded in that room as a eight year old because yeah. you're seeing it. If they're as you as you described it, the verb you used was plopping it down in a tray. That means there's a sound. That means there's a landing <laughs> noise. Yeah, yeah. It was very it's like a well, I'm sure you've seen it. Right with you. You're no, my daughters, technically speaking, are my uh, stepdaughters. My wife and I got together when my youngest was three months old. Ah, I see. OK, so they'll never know a life without me until I walk out on them. <laughs> OK, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's just this huge purpley mass and um, it's veiny and it's covered in goop. And it's basically everything that the baby has on its face right when it gives birth. You know, it's yeah. just like chunky and uh and it just hit the pan and it was just like 
you know, just it was, and it was huge. I just remember it being gigantic. And then I just like wide eyed, like, I don't think I was supposed to see that. I think my mom told me to see that, but I wasn't supposed to see that. <laughs> also, was your mom, did your mom have a, like, she was probably had the, the meds, right? The epidural or the drugs or whatever. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure so she, she wasn't was thinking straight. Up. No, because I, she barely remembers this. She's like, I don't remember <laughs> this. This didn't happen. And I was like, this happened. This that is happened. So I love that story so much because I think it's what every parent tries to do. And like you try to teach your kid. There's no like they have all these books out there, but the books are fucking bullshit. Like there's no rhyme or reason or way to do anything. And I love so much that your mom not only had enough faith and and sure, maybe she was all hopped up on drugs, but had so much faith in your maturity as an eight year old to be like, she is going to grasp this concept and mother. God damn it. She's going to know she is going to learn. like you got the greatest like precursor to a sex talk any kid could ever have you like is that what you want to happen is that what you i love it so much what it just such a she sounds like such a lead by example type of lady. yes yes she is uh she's truly unique i would say <laughs> uh but she's always been like that like she you know kept her own last name was went back to work right away you know wanted to make her own money was in charge of all the finances in our family, stuff like that. Like she was very much, um, you know, the patriarch of the family, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, I was lead by example, but sometimes there were some extremes and uh, (laughs) that would be one of them. Uh, (laughs) That's about as extreme as it gets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That one. I, (laughs) it's just so, I mean, I told it, I told like a friend about it one day, just like offhand before I did comedy, just like offhanded. And they were like, that's not normal. That's not a thing that you should have seen. That's horrible. I don't even want to see my own afterbirth. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I mean, that's definitely a unique experience. Also, I mean, for me at eight years old, my like my the only thing my penis did was pee. Yeah. So for you to know, like, this is the whole magic of life. And here's what happens with everything. You got a real education. I have to imagine in health class, you just aced it because you would, <laughs> you'd already gone through it. I mean, health class, I think I aced it just because I was kind of a slut. Uh, <laughs> I was a learn by example kind of gal. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even remember health class. I just remember just... Yeah, I don't know if that affected me to the point of like, I knew I didn't want to get pregnant, you know, but maybe that was in there subconsciously. But it's not even something that I really registered as a thing that happened to me until I was older, like in my 20s and recounted this story to a friend and just being like, yeah, that's what happened. What is that? Whoa, fun. That's and that's the story of Jessica being born. (laughs) And uh, they were like, that's insane. (laughs) It's 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 absolutely bananas because you're oldest sister then would have been 13. Yeah, she was 13. So does she have a more vivid recollection of it? Like, is this a story that you all sit down around, like you're going home tomorrow from New York to San Francisco, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a family meal. You guys are going to have those, those zingers, those barbs where one person's always kind of the butt of the joke, but everybody's laughing as a whole because you're a family and you love each other. Is this a story that is told around the dinner table? Cause it doesn't seem like great dining conversation. (laughs) No, no, I, it's definitely not something we tell over the dinner table, especially (laughs) because my mom shouts, stop telling this story. (laughs) (laughs) 
and uh, um, you gotta time it out to where she's got like a fresh bite of food like of the meal and then start telling the story and yeah. see if she just erupts with a mouthful of food stop telling the story you know there's pork chops all over the place yeah I mean it would just if ever I if I ever want to piss off my mom I will tell this story if I just like oh you're annoying me well remember when I saw placenta when I was eight um yeah, no, I don't. I think my little sister knows about this story for sure. And I've told it on stage a few times, um, but I never worked it out. It was always too gross. Like I told it at like maybe two open mics like that's it. <laughs> and uh, it was always people were like, we're eating nachos. What are you doing? You know, and so it's like, OK, I can't I can't tell this story ever again. Um, this is a podcast only story. Uh, so you, you got the scoop here, Zach. Uh, yeah. And, um, but my older sister, I think she remembers, she remembers the trauma more of, um, getting kicked out because they thought that the, sure. the baby, there was something wrong with the baby. She, I think sure. she remembers that more vividly and being really scared. Um, that Jessica was hurt or something or something was going to go wrong. I think she remembers that. And I think she stayed with the baby. She didn't go back and forth to mom like I did, okay. like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> never check on mom. <laughs> so and, did you have like, did your sister have more of the maternal instinct than yes. you as like a 13 year old? Like, I'm going to stay with the baby. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess you're close enough in age with uh, Jessica to the point where you guys were kind of probably like buddies. Yeah, I would say that's how it is now. My sister was uh, because she was 13. She was like the uh, organic babysitter, you know, in insert mother figure, you know, to Jessica. Um, And uh, and then she grew up, got married and started having kids in her mid 20s. And so she became and she's a mother of two and very, you know, um, she works, but it's a very family oriented, very uh, she's a great mother. She's a great mother. And uh, and then Jessica and I are just like buds and just kind of fucking around. And Jessica just <laughs> shaved her head and got more tattoos. And uh, and then I'm I'm just like, I'm doing comedy in New York. Don't even look at me to have kids right now. That's insane. And um, Sarah's the more traditional mother figure. So, yeah, I would say that's definitely what happened. So you're in New York and your family's from, are you guys all spread out? Uh, They're all in California. They're um, San Francisco Bay area and Sacramento. So they're within three hours of each other. And um, yeah. So whenever I go home and so is my whole family, like my grandma lives there and um, cousins, aunts, uncles. I have a few that are in like Montana and Wisconsin, but for the most part, everybody's in um, everybody's in California. And so we're going home and we're going to see everybody. Uh, I had but, no idea that you were from the Bay Area because I met you at the Limestone Comedy Festival in Bloomington and oh, just yeah. always assumed you were a, a Midwesterner. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. you To me, like you put off and this is like the greatest compliment a Midwesterner can give. <laughs> you've got the the like this energy of a Midwesterner and not a West Coast part like you fit in so well in these <laughs> these flyover states so much so. It's just like you're so polite, you're so jovial, like you're just I don't know. It's just you you got a you got a Midwest vibe about it and it's wholesome and I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I take 
that's a very nice thing to say. I love the Midwestern states. I love Indiana. I like going to Indiana, the big yep. cities, to be fair. I of like course. going to Bloomington and Indianapolis. <laughs> um, Not the and, ones uh, that are built uh, out with farms and uh, very very political flags. No, 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 no. I, uh, I'm not, you know, uh, although I haven't been, I shouldn't judge. Um, but for the they most a, part, they make a mean steak and make I it right there that. in their slaughterhouse. Oh, you know? that upsets me. Uh, is there a placenta? I don't want to eat it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, no, it's like, pol- polenta. Do you think the word, cause polenta is like that creamy, like rice grain. Don't you or ruin polenta for me. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you words- dare ruin polenta for me. I I love polenta. It's delicious. I'm going to have some when I get home. And I do not want to be thinking of afterbirth when I eat it. Okay. You knock it off. (laughs) I will fucking leave this podcast. (laughs) That Midwest nice is out the window. As soon as you start ruining my favorite foods. (laughs) I'm just saying polenta is going to be plopped down on your plate. Much like into a. That's enough. (laughs) He's doing the devil's work. I'm done. I'm done. I apologize. I just. That's where my mind went, and I had to go with it. I hate you. <laughs> I apologize. I do. It was a it was a cruel thing to do. It wasn't very Midwestern of me. No, 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 no. <laughs> sure wasn't. But I do get that a lot. I get the Midwestern vibe, and for a while, I thought it was because of my <laughs> my body, <laughs> like because I'm very like meat and potatoes kind of gal. You know, I'm her. You know, I'm I'm built like a farmhand. You know, and so I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I drink like a fish. I love, you know, I love cheap beer and having a good time. Um, but they're like, it's the way you talk too. And I was like, well, I don't know where that came from. Although I will say, when I was, um, this is also a thing that I I cho- I was a weird kid. Like when I was like in fifth or sixth grade, I just decided to take the parts of speaking and writing that I liked and just made them my own. So I started saying y'all, I started having a little bit of a Southern drawl and then a Midwestern thing. Like I just started. And then I like made my sevens with the cross in the middle. No, I just saw one guy do that once. And I was like, I like that. That's how I'm going to make my sevens. And to this day, I do my sevens like that. I just, I just picked what I liked. I picked and choose you know, from other, from all over the United States. And was like, I'm going to talk like that. <laughs> I can appreciate no that very much because my nine-year-old is exactly the same. Yeah. Like she honestly has just over the last two months really adopted y'all and started putting it into her sentences. And I got to say, I say y'all a lot, like after shows, you know, people are walking by. I'm like, Hey, thanks y'all. So it's just so much easier than you all or everyone. Yeah. Like, but she just really, really took to it. Mm-hmm. And she does the same thing with her sevens. And she likes to do like impressions. And she's a very unique uh, little little lady who's just kind of picking and choosing. So if uh, if her future is is just even your your outlook and sense of humor, I'm thrilled. Oh, well, don't show her any afterbirth. And I think you've got a level head on. You. You've got a fun kid ahead of you uh, who will procreate at one point. <laughs> you will have grandchildren. Not if you ask her now. No, because we had not. we had the reproduction conversation with them very, very early. Mm-hmm. So they know like we didn't show there were we had no examples. We had yeah. no uh, visual aids, if you will. Uh, but we told them exactly what would happen. And thank God my wife was there because she could go into like a little bit more detail about what happened. She goes, yeah, well, we'll never we'll never have kids. We'll just take care of you when you guys are old. You'll be our kids. And I was like, that's fine by me. Yeah, that's fine by me. <laughs> Great. Two less mouths to feed until you can afford it. Then. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that she sounds lovely. I like her. <laughs> oh, you would like her. She's uh, she's a lot of fun. She wrote her first joke when she was like four, and she go. Her name's Lena, and she goes, "Why can't I stand up straight?" And then I go, "I don't know why." And she goes, "Because I'm a Lena." And I go, That's <laughs> "Fucking awesome! Amazing!" <laughs> oh, she's that's super so duper. Great. But I mean, did you? So your mom sounds like a a a, a, a just a real lead by example type character, mm-hmm. someone you can, uh, you know get behind Mama yeah. Weezy. What was your, what was your dad? Like my dad was funny. My dad was okay. very funny and silly. Um, he was this really tall, skinny guy. Um, uh, he has since filled out, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's still not that he's, he's just a big, strong man. Um, but when growing up, he was just so skinny and he looked like, I think we said in your other podcast, one of the many that we did, he mm-hmm. looked like Joe Montana. He had like yes. a Joe Montana face. Um, but, handsome, uh, man. handsome man, handsome man. But he was the jokester. He was always silly. He was always trying to make my mom laugh on their first or their first date. Yeah. My dad did pull my finger and she didn't know what that was. And so she pulled it and he farted and he still got the second date. I mean, it's insane. That's their he love goes, story. This is so upsetting. Like <laughs> that's a nice little meet cute. I like to imagine that he goes, pull my finger. She doesn't know what's going to happen. He farts. And then she just shouts to the entire restaurant. I'm getting another you know, margarita with tequila <laughs> yeah. on the side over here. <laughs> yeah. Get champagne. I found the one. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So your dad, it sounds like he, 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 he really digs the dad jokes. Oh yeah. yeah. Dad jokes, anything uh, obscene. He, he loved like Howard Stern for a long time. And just, he would tell us like these gross things that Howard Stern did. And my mom would be like, Gary at the dinner table. <laughs> and then my dad's like, it was hilarious. And, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was always joking and very silly. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was the comic relief. And then, and then my mom would have jokes too. They had good banter. You know, did you? So the difference between my mom and dad was my dad knew he was being funny. He would try to be funny, and my mom would be funny, and she had no idea she was being funny. Is that the, was that a similar situation? And did your mom know she was she was tossing a couple barbs? Because it sounds like your dad was aware. He was making the effort. Yeah, and then my mom, I would say it's half and half because she she's smart, and so she would, yeah. uh, you know, she'd deliver it back. You know, they'd play tennis a little bit, but every once in a while she would do something. Actually, they both would. They would do stuff. And you're just like, what is this is hilarious. What are we doing here? (laughs) Like my dad decided um, my mom got busy with work. And so my dad started taking over all the cooking. And uh, one time he brought home this like carrot casserole that he made. It was soup in a pan with carrot, like shredded carrots. And it was just and he was just like, I made something real healthy. And then my mom was like, we're getting pizza. <laughs> like it was so bad. It was it was really we all just kind of looked at each other like, what do we do? <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> but he tried, you know, he's a sweet That's boy. What you can do is just, oh, yeah. is just try. Do yeah. you so with like you're you're obviously a comedian now, and as we have uh, discussed in both other podcasts, as you like to put it, a very good one. <laughs> put it in quotes. Uh, you put it in quotes. Put it in quotes. Um, do you th- do you find that like looking back that you were just trying to make your dad laugh, trying to make your mom laugh? Were you going for a, a whole like because if your dad was always trying to make you laugh, did you get the same gratification of giving him the elicited laughter that he had got from you? Um, 
I, I think I just wanted to make everybody laugh. I remember that I was always and it wasn't really jokes. It was being silly and mm-hmm. teasing people. Um, I, roaster. I, oh, I was like I was like a roaster for sure. And I negged a lot like my flirting was being a roaster. And uh, that was Is that what that's called negged neg. Yeah. Flirting negging. like picking on. To, yeah, that's how you flirt. I had no yeah, it's idea. Like but poking that's, uh... the bear to get their attention. But in a yeah. fun way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's awful. It's a terrible trait. I uh, but it's exactly <laughs> what I did. And I had no idea it had a name. Yeah, yeah. Negging. Um, <laughs> at one point, <laughs> actually, Jeff Sheen, your other co-host here, at one point, uh, I said on stage, yeah, I was a really big negger. And he goes on stage after me, he goes, did anybody else get real nervous when Caitlin said negger? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I had no, I didn't even make that connection, but I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> File that one away yeah, with uh, I'll never the afterbirth story. Okay. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I negged a lot and I was, um, but always like, yeah, always very roasty and always trying to be like the class clown, but like loud. I was always that loud, crazy friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, at home it continued. I was just silly and loud. And, um, my mom was, I was very stubborn. So my mom had a hard time with that, but my dad loved it. My dad thought it was hilarious. So loud and boisterous. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was the same way in high school, but I found a lot of people calling me obnoxious and that got to me. Oh no. Did they never just being loud? You never got called obnoxious. Um, not to my face. <laughs> uh, I would imagine um, teachers found me obnoxious. I would. I mean, yeah. I can only imagine being I, I was such a piece of shit. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure people found me obnoxious and I'm sure people didn't like me. I don't remember being incredibly popular, uh, but I did have friends. But I was like, you know, I was still like, fucking she's crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no one ever told me I was obnoxious to my face. But uh, I'm sure it was kicked around. <laughs> yeah. Well, they I was also want- huge. I was also like this size when I was like in seventh grade. <laughs> so I was a big like, so you're not going to be mean to me because I'm terrifying looking. Yeah. So it was easy. You had a you had a just a get out of jail free card to neg on people because. Yeah. No one's going to come at you. Yeah. I think when I was younger, I was a bully. You know, elementary school, I was kind of a bully. And then I tried to be hot. And so the bully turned into flirting. Like, that's what that's what <laughs> but the it was all you happened. knew. So, yeah, it was still. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, OK, so I'll just try and make this work for me. And um, it didn't. Uh, so <laughs> who says you can't be sugar and spice? <laughs> I mean, and just just bad. <laughs> it was a bad. Co- it was a bad combo. Oh, God. I look back at my high school days and be like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> oh, I know. But who doesn't? Who right? doesn't? The yeah. people that still wear their varsity jackets unironically. Yes, that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. boy. Those people <sighs> make me real sad. I mean, I have a varsity jacket, but I have I worn too. it twice. And once was for pictures. So, <laughs> yeah, it's in the closet buried deep back there. So maybe when my daughters get them, because they're both involved in athletics, we can do a, a silly family picture. But like, it's it's a it's a costume at this yeah, point. Absolutely. It's a costume that I got for my mother. So, <laughs> well, yeah. tell me, tell me some more. I know you had said you had a, a couple other stories. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to hear about this, this family dynamic, and and, and what, to, what were some of the the roads that took you to the way that you are? 
I mean, my family, <laughs> see, I wasn't sure <laughs> what, like what kind of stories you wanted for the, I just knew that first one for sure. My parents were very uh, strict to an extent. Um, my older I would not have sister, that, given how funny they were. Oh yeah. 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 My mom was so worried about us getting pregnant. Um, and like all three of us didn't drink in high school. Um, we didn't drink. We didn't smoke. I don't know about Jessica. Jessica might've had a smoke or two, but for the most part, we were very um, straight edge mm-hmm. uh, in high school because sports were such a big part of our lives. And um, my older sister was like Valley Victorian cat did every sport. She was like teacher's pet. They, everybody loved Sarah. Sarah was, and well-behaved, never brought boys around like, and, uh, and so I was constantly like, told to live up to that standard, you know? Um, So there was a lot of, uh, so they were very strict in that way. And I was boy crazy. So I kept sneaking out. And uh, I remember one time I said I was going to a party or no, I was going to hang out at my friend's apartment complex. And then we skipped uh, town and went to Burlingame to a party. And I made out with Hector Rojas. In Hector the Rojas sounds like a hottie. Ah, uh, he was. He was a total hottie. What a babe. Um, uh, Shout out Hector, Hector Rojas. Hector out there. Yeah. I hope you're not wearing your varsity jacket anymore. You seem like a great guy. Yeah. He's, <laughs> well, he was okay. Um, we won't get into it. We said his full name. Um, and uh, <laughs> Multiple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but um, he, uh, yeah. And so I remember being that I came home and my mom found out uh, obviously because we got home late and she was waiting to pick me up. And then we like ran home. It was a whole thing. And so she obviously knew that something was up and, uh, you <laughs> ran was, home. Well, yeah, we were two towns down. Someone's mom, I forget, picked us up to bring us back to the apartment complex. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, I remember vaguely like this mom was, she was like from Brazil she didn't speak a lot of English, but she just saw these like white girls freaking out in the back seat. Was and it Hector she, Rojas's mom? Because Rojas sounds like a Brazilian. No, name. it was Gustavo's mom. Okay. Gustavo's mom. And like she like stopped at a yellow light and Gustavo's like, Mom, God. <laughs> and I just remember her smiling at him. I was like, she has so much pleasure watching these <laughs> dumb white chicks freak out in the back. They're gonna get in so much trouble and she's thrilled, you know? <laughs> stops and, at a yellow light. <laughs> yeah. She just stopped. Mom, and she's like, <laughs> stupid chica blancas. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> I could just imagine. Oh. And uh, and so I got found out. I got grounded for the entire summer. All three months. Couldn't leave my house. So this was um, before school got out. So it was like the full on. It was the last even... week of school. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I couldn't see anybody. I was grounded. I ended up just like diving into weight loss stuff and um, uh, just uh, losing like 15 pounds. It was nuts. Um, you just know, working out of my bedroom. Cardio. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was in my bedroom doing push ups, sit ups, like all that stuff. It was crazy. Um, but my mom, like, that's what would happen. She would, if she, we did went out of line, it was like, you're locked down for at least a month and you can't go wow. anywhere except for soccer practice or, you know, sports practice. You have to read, you have like, it was nuts. Did you have chores and stuff? Like, was oh, yeah, there yeah. yard, not yard duty, essentially, but like. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of dishes, a lot of dusting, a lot of vacuuming. Um, 
making sure your room is picked up. Uh, so uh, sometimes I would have to go to work with my mom and Which like, was what? she was a teacher. And so I had Ooh. to hang out with second graders school? all day. Well, she, she was in a different district. So sometimes okay. she taught summer mom. school, yeah. but, um, so like the, the dates didn't match up. And so I remember after that one, I had to go and I was sitting in these tiny little desks just with these kids. And, um, it was, it, it was humiliating. Um, but, uh, it made me not want to be a teacher ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here's a couple of things that your mom has taught you. Don't ever have kids. That was the one example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't ever be a teacher. No, no, for sure. She, she is. And don't get, yeah, don't get pregnant. And don't get pregnant. And um, if you lie, I will I will take away everything you've ever loved. Um, <laughs> that That's the is- same. We do the same thing at home. I'm like, I don't care if I've got to come get you from a party. I don't care if you fuck up. But if I find out that you're lying to me, it's all gone. Yeah. And like, just pull that that dad look where it's like, you know how to act. Don't yeah. ever lie to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, that is uh, that. That was the case. And my dad would just be like, just don't piss off your mom. Like that was, <laughs> um, yeah, that was, uh, that, and then I remember one time I found a Betty boop. This isn't really a life lesson. Um, but it does affect me to this day. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I found a Betty boop necklace on the floor at a parking lot after, at a mall. And I brought it home with me and I was like, Oh, and I was wearing it around my neck. You know, I was like, this is a cool Betty boop necklace. And my mom was like, where did you get that? And I was like, I found it on the floor and in the parking lot at Sarah Monte. And um, he did not believe me. And she thought I stole it. And so and she, I mean, berating constantly. Where did you get that? Like an interrogation, like no joke. Like I'm sitting on this bed and interrogation is going on. And uh, <laughs> and um and I remember this bedroom because it's like this bright pink gingham bedroom. And I was such a tomboy. It didn't fit at all, but it was my mom's <laughs> when she was little. And so there's a picture of me in my bas- in a basketball USA jersey from the 1996 Olympics <laughs> and a t-shirt and, and a ponytail covered in dirt, I think. And I'm sitting on this bed that is bright pink gingham with ruffles and a canopy and then bows around the edge. It looked ridiculous. Was this your cell when you got grounded? Was Yes. (laughs) I mean, it was nuts. And I'm sitting there just like, okay. Um, And um, yeah. And so I remember sitting there on the other side of the bed and just like weeping because my mom, she sent my, my mom came in and was like interrogating me. And then she sent my dad in to interrogate me. And then he, she sent my sister in to interrogate. Where did you, Caitlin? I'm cool. We're friends. Where did you get the necklace? I was like, I'm sticking to my story. <laughs> I found it on the floor. <laughs> no one believed me. And so they made, we had to drive back to Saramonte and I had to give the necklace to lost and found. And I was like, I should have just never worn the necklace. It would have been mine. I found it. I found it. It was, and it was my just treasure. A cheap, it was a cheap little necklace. It was like a locket with Betty Boop on the front. It was trash. It couldn't have cost more than $10. And, my, and they just decided that was the life lesson. No one's going to believe Caitlin. And so now every time like something confrontational happens, I have like six different backstories of like, this is what happened. They will believe me. Always get proof. Like it's just... <laughs> 
<laughs> you're the type of person who at a gas pump, you're like, you always get the receipt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I need to prove that I paid for this. <laughs> oh, my God. It freaks me out. It, yeah. So anyway, I, uh, yeah. So that I, that's not really a life lesson, but just more of a childhood trauma. I, I get it. I, were you a fan <laughs> of Betty Boop before? Uh, I think I liked her. You know, I thought she was like cool looking because they yeah. were like they had the like the sailor, you know, uh-huh. pinup stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. And I liked everything 50s and 60s. OK, uh, I was really into like um, doo-wop and uh, uh, Motown and stuff. Um, well, that makes a lot Elvis, more sense. And I loved Elvis, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Still love Elvis. But uh, Elvis is great. Yeah. So uh, so that was kind of in that realm. Um, so the punishment for that was just return, return the charm. Nothing thereafter. I have. I, I honestly can't remember that okay. being screamed at was so traumatic <laughs> and, just, and just grilled, just grilled and weeping and then being like, they sent my sister in <laughs> like <laughs> made Sarah come in and be like, Caitlin, <laughs> just tell me it's fine. Mom and dad That's- are really mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> just. <laughs> Did you steal she tries it? To relate. She goes, you know, I did something pretty similar when I was your age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't steal this. I didn't steal this. To this day, I never steal. I do not steal. <laughs> it's terrifying. Maybe that was a life lesson. <laughs> Just to scare me so hard that I would never steal anything ever. Yeah, did you get scared straight even I though you so. were already straight? Like yeah, you were yeah, yeah. you were a law-abiding <laughs> citizen. <laughs> yeah, I was a good kid. I was a good kid. Oh my god. It's wow. very frustrating. Yeah, yeah it's so, uh, yeah, it I sounds like that. that one stuck with you. Oh, that one stuck with me super hard. One time I walked out of a Target with uh, sunglasses on my head that I was trying on. And I, I think about it to this day. I you didn't had go back? I didn't go back. Oh, okay. And I was like, because it so was in a different stolen. town. So I have stone. That's the only time. Okay. And Do you still have I those still think about it. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> They're target sunglasses. Gonna, They're, you buy them to lose them. Yeah. Well, it was more like I'm going to subconsciously make sure that I lose them because I can stop looking at them with all this guilt. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's oh God. But yeah, no, I don't steal. I do not I found, steal. Speaking of stealing, I found myself in with uh, not necessarily a bad crowd, but like a mischievous crowd. And we used to go to fast food restaurants and just take paraphernalia with their logo on it. And I remember one time we were trying to steal a life-size cardboard cutout of Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm not kidding, a SWAT team basically from the kitchen, all wearing their Burger King cloaks and uh, aprons and visors come running out and just get in front of the car. And they're like, give us back Shaquille. Because <laughs> he was like a seven foot six, whatever, however tall Shaquille O'Neal is. The back of it was just hanging out of the back of the car. I don't know how we thought we were going to get down the freeway. Another time we went in and just like we were we were drunk. This would have been a good story to tell on your podcast yesterday, but we rolled up these Taco Bell rugs with the big Taco Bell logo and then would just take them. And my mom goes, where did you get this? And I told her, I go, I found it. And she goes, where? On the floor at the entrance of a Taco Bell. We're taking it back right now. And we went to the drive through and I had to hand them a rug <laughs> through the, ta- the drive through window. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, those poor people. I, th- to work at Taco wage? Bell uh, for minimum wage and just be like these drunk idiots just want a chalupa and they're going to take my fucking rug. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that rug really tied the room together. Did uh, it not yeah. just go full Lebowski? Yeah. I mean, you monster. <laughs> I was. I was. I was a prick. And uh, and and just talking to you this week, I have 
realized how deeply I've buried some of my demons. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all? (laughs) I think so. Well, this has been an absolute blast. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I'm going to plug it up top, but please tell the people where they can find you, what you're proud of. And just, I mean, I already mentioned good time gal, get get the rest out there. Uh, Good time gal. I love that podcast. Very fun. Super fun. Um, and then I, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. That's a big one at Caitlin Palufo, C A I T L I N P E L U F F O. I'm going to put your handle right down at the bottom oh, of the, uh, the video. So it's good. just going to be real yes. easy. Oh, good. And then, um, thank you, by the way. That, of course. Oof, that was so weird. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, yeah. And then I'm going on the road a bunch. Um, I, my website, CaitlinPalufo.com, that's going to have all of my dates and okay. I'm coming, I'm coming to Grand Rapids at the beginning of uh, October. Uh, so really? Midwest you know? people, um, I'm headlining Dr. Grin's October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I think. Ah, I'm in Chicago, but Ah. I won't be able to go out. I highly recommend everybody go see Caitlin because I've seen you perform now, I don't know, I would say four or five times. And I I, I maintain it is some of the funniest stuff that I have seen, but also one of the most intense sets (laughs) I have seen ever. I don't know how you do it, but the way that you can just maintain eye contact with the people that you are talking to in the crowd blows my goddamn mind. Blows my mind. I can't. I, I, I'm like, I don't know what I would do if she was. I would focus on the spot right in between your eyes. It's so much fun. And you're not, but you're not mean about it. Like you're super intense, but super complimentary. But it's, it's, it's so great. Definitely go see Caitlin at Dr. Grin's October oh, 1st through. Thank today. you. That's very oh, no, sweet. Yeah. September, it'll be September 31st through the 2nd, right? I think so. Whatever that okay, Thursday yeah. through Saturday is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'll be, I'll be there and I'm super excited. Oh, you, um, have you been before? Yeah. Yeah. I've, oh, I've featured there a few times and then, uh, hello, cancel someone had a cancellation and, uh, mama swooped in last minute. Ooh, you're, so. You won't be a cancellation fill in after that week. And I'll tell you oh, that you're going to become a club favorite. I will honestly be whatever they want me to be. I need the money. So <laughs> I'll be your okay, daddy, Grand Rapids. I'll do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> they're, uh, they might not like that. They're a rather conservative town. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I think you'd make a great father for what it's worth. Thank I think you. You'd make I a appreciate great daddy. that. I yeah, think you'd yeah, be yeah. a real silly disciplinarian. Yeah. Just make your mother happy. <laughs> Stop pissing That's off it. your mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caitlin, thank you so much. And uh, I will talk to you sooner than later. Thank you. Yes, I will see you soon. Cool. Bye. And that concludes this week's edition of I Learned It From You. And I'll leave you with a little quote that my father used to say to me every single day. Give a person an episode and they listen for a day. But if they rate, review and subscribe, then they're listening for a lifetime. So I beg of you, please rate, review, tell your friends and for the love of God subscribe. I Learned It From You is hosted by me, Zach Martina, with music by Brad Goff, produced by Brett Mercer, and graphic design by Trevor Smith.